Welcome to the Locala Podcast. This is episode 30. You have like your jocks and you have, you know, your different groups and you stay within those groups. Mm -hmm. And when I moved to Australia, there was nothing like that. In high school, it was literally the jocks played with people that were more academic, that people that don't focus on sports at all. Like everybody just hung out for who you were. Mm Mm-hmm. And that opened me up a lot because then I could just be who I am. Welcome to the Locala Podcast, everybody. I'm Lisa Anderson, the host and publisher of Locala Magazine. Today on the couch, we have Fabian Ronick, and I'm so excited. He is the owner of Reboot Self Care. And before we head over to him, I just want to go ahead and remind you to like and subscribe to the channel if you're enjoying all of our wonderful content. So welcome, Fabian. Thank you. I appreciate you for having me on. Yeah. So let's go ahead and just start talking about your business. Get the easy stuff out of the way, right? (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. Sounds good. (laughs) Okay. So tell us a little bit about what you do and how you got into it. So Reboot Self-Care Center is more of an alternative um, self-care practice, right? So what we focus on is how to balance your body out naturally, Mm -hmm. start to find where the imbalances are, which is where our assessment starts. Once we know what's out of balance between on a cellular level, nutritionally, but then also how each organ's functioning and what's what's high, what's low, mm-hmm. then our goal is to balance your body out. So the the assessment's really unique because it's a deep dive into what's going on in your body. And then from there, we have all the tools, I call them tools and solutions that you can utilize between oxygen therapy, um, heat, there's red light, and we do colon hydrotherapy, which is a unique one for detox. <laughs> and so the the idea is just to help your body do its own job okay. with all the stress that we deal with every day. Yeah. Right? And kind yeah. of looking at it as a whole picture, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So instead of just giving you what your body's missing and uh, like unnaturally giving it like mm-hmm. a hormone. Right. We rather try to fix the issue with why you're not producing the hormone. Okay. And it's usually a function in the body. There's a reason for it, right? Mm-hmm. So we're there to help the body find that balance and then teach you how to keep that up. Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah, and so it all, it all started from just getting into the health industry and then getting a lot of questions that I couldn't answer, mm-hmm. like with thyroid and adrenals and high blood pressure and cholesterol, right? And it's yeah. kind of overwhelming because you don't generally learn a lot about that unless you are an MD or a doctor and you go through the school for it. So it was going from the fitness world into figuring out how I can help people further than just physically, right? Okay. Yeah. And so so that's, you were a physical uh, trainer before? Yeah, physical yeah. trainer, nutritionist, and then I decided to figure out another way to work in to help people with those issues. And that's where we got into the more integrative health coaching and integrative medicine. Okay. Now, you worked with somebody, I believe, that is out of, I want to say, Australia? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so um, he's actually been in the family as well. So Dr. Thomas BJ is an uncle, I call him an uncle of mine. And he became my mentor about eight years ago. And so he's the one who drove me into the Eastern medicine as well as Western side conventional. Yeah. And for the years now, it's been really just learning from him, which is the best. Having a mentor usually, in my opinion, is the best way to learn. Absolutely. And so that's where I've been very thankful is to have that knowledge 
And in the last year, he actually moved here from Australia and we joint ventured into Reboot Self-Care Center. So we're both owners of the business and he brings all of his expertise, his protocols. And my, my job is to run the other side of it with a marketing and um, clientele and customer relations and just kind of be a face of the business while yeah. we, our goal is to duplicate it and expand. Okay, fantastic. Yeah. So how long have you guys had Reboot open? Reboot since March of last year, 2022. Okay. Yeah. So how well is it doing for you? It's actually been surprisingly doing well with the detox part because that's where we get into colon hydrotherapy. Okay. Um, it's a funny subject when uh, when we talk about it because it is what it is. It's yes. literally taking the waste out of your body that's in your colon. Like I just call it a trash can. Mm -hmm. So we're just cleaning your trash can out with the stuff that gets stuck to the walls that's old or it's a growing fungus or mold or anything like that, which is just old waste. Yeah, We're helping the body to eliminate things that could have been there 40 years for wow. some people. And once you do that, it takes a lot of pressure off the system. Okay. And so that is our busiest thing that we have. Like literally that every week the room is full with appointments. And it's because once you can get the garbage out of the body, mm -hmm. it's a lot easier to boost it. Yeah. And your body, you feel lighter. You feel more energy. You wake up, you don't need coffee or an energy drink. You actually feel like you have a good amount of energy. Yeah. yeah. Which is unusual for most people, I think, especially in America. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. And it's not a big thing in America, colon hydrotherapy. Mm -hmm. So that's where I'm hoping that we can kind of build the culture on it. Okay. And, you know, teach people that it is important to detox, not only put the good stuff in. Yeah. So you've, so almost a year now, mm -hmm. the business has been open. What have you learned in that year as a business owner? Oof. Uh, <laughs> I, I learned that you need a team. That's yeah. the biggest thing. Yes. Definitely. Um, we've built a nice team, which I'm very excited about because it's always been just me. Okay. Um, the last four years, I have been kind of building up where I'm at now to the point where I could bring Dr. BJ over and joint venture. So okay. before that, it was just me the whole time. Mm. And doing the marketing and, you know, doing the consultations and getting them into the therapies and all everything that we do, yeah. it's a, it's, it was a little overwhelming. So this, now we have registered nurses, um, medical director besides Dr. Thomas and uh, office manager, which is my wife, which is pretty cool. That so is she's really cool. brought her on full time and it's allowing now I just have to let them do their job, right? Because I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm so used to running it all. You're used to balancing all those plates and wearing all yes. the hats. Yeah. So I have to like push some of it off and then trust that that's going to be done. And yeah. that's been a big learning process for yeah. me. Yeah, that's sure. difficult because you know it needs to be done. Mm -hmm. You know they're probably going to do a better job than you would have because... That's their focus, that's right? That's their focus. Yeah. Yep, exactly. And yeah, it's just it's learning how to do kind of basically a trust fall, you know? Yeah, it's trust fall. <laughs> we might have to start doing that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, okay. Well, we got the business stuff down here. Yes. Um, so tell me a little bit about your childhood, because I know you had kind of a unique childhood. So Yes. Um, I, so I was 
my mom and dad got married in LA. That's where they conceived me. And then <laughs> my mom decided it would be great to um, have me be born in the country where she was born, which is Switzerland. Okay. So I actually uh, was born in Switzerland, in Bern. Oh and we were there for six months before we moved back to the United States. So what was really nice about that is it gave me a dual citizenship. That is really cool. And have you maintained both citizenship? I have, yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and the maintaining it is... I've also tried to maintain the language. So I do speak Swiss dialect and understand German. But what we did is we actually moved back from, because we went right back to LA. Okay. And then when my parents split, we moved back to Switzerland, me and my mom, okay. where we had family. And how and old were you when you moved back? I was, I was eight. Eight, okay. So I didn't speak any uh, Swiss or German or anything besides mm -hmm. English at that point. Okay. So we, I think it was two weeks we decided to move, and two weeks later, we were in Switzerland. Wow. So <laughs> That's it was a kind big of a move, shock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And with school, it was interesting because they only spoke and taught in German. Okay. Oh, my goodness. So I would be sitting in these classrooms, and it's, everything's in German. Yeah. So I, I can kind of see and watch and kind of get an idea of what they're talking about. Yeah. But they would pull me out every day for a few hours, somebody that speaks English, and start to teach me the language as well as, you know, other school things that I just couldn't understand because I couldn't, the language barrier wasn't there, right? Right. Or it was there. So it was, it was a process, but I want to say within six months, because I was just thrown into it, mm -hmm. I had one friend that spoke English. Okay. So I would always go to his house and we could speak both. Yeah. But within six months, I was almost fluent. That's amazing. And kids, kids are so adaptable yes, to that. You know, at eight, I think that's a pretty good age to be yeah. chucked into the fire like that. Chucked in, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but I agree. I, it, the absorption is just, and you're not skewed by anything, right? You mm -hmm. just, you're just sucking in the information. Yeah. So I feel like it was helpful to be that age mm -hmm. and just be thrown in. Yeah. Now, is German the primary language or is... Swiss, the primary language. So I believe German is the primary because since that's what they were teaching in school, mm -hmm. Swiss is more of like a dialect, right? Okay. Kind of like here in the States, if you go to certain places, like maybe in Louisiana, you, you might yeah. not even understand what they're saying. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's a dialect and you, you can pick up on it. But so when I speak Swiss dialect, there's some German people that might not understand me. Okay. But they kind of have an idea of what I'm trying to say because sure. of that slang. Okay. Right? Okay. But what I did learn is if you grew up in Switzerland, you usually speak three to five languages because they're all so close to each other. Like French, uh -huh. Italian, Swiss, German yeah. are like a almost must when you live and grow up there. Okay. And so do you speak all of the other languages that you just No, learned? I only kept up with Swiss dialect, unfortunately. Okay. And I understand German, but me and my mom still speak Swiss, so that's why. Okay. She's here in Ocala. Okay. Yeah. So how did your mom come to the United States in the first place? Uh, racing, motorcycle racing. So she was part of the Marlboro racing team. Really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is not an answer I was expecting. No. <laughs> And uh, she came to L.A., and that's where she met my dad. My dad's into racehorses, thoroughbreds. Okay. His whole life, that's what he's been doing since a little kid. Mm -hmm. He's in his 70s now. And so I grew up at the racetrack as well, okay. like Santa Anita out there and Del Mar. Yeah. 
and just walking around the horse stalls, feeding uh, horses carrots and just walking in the stalls, like no fear (laughs) of the horses. (laughs) Wow. So how did, is that kind of how you got to the Ocala areas because of your dad? That is ultimately what brought me here. Okay. So my... I wanted to get to know my dad better because when they split, I went with my mom and we went all over the place. Okay. And I would visit my dad occasionally, Mm -hmm. like for summers. So when I was living on my own in San Diego, I got a call from him and he said, hey, do you want to move down here and just spend some time here? And so that's what I did. I drove down from San Diego to Ocala and uh, I knew very little about Ocala. Yeah. But it was a big culture shock because... Yeah, what year was that? Oof, that was 15 years ago. So whatever that adds up to. So early 2000s, somewhere in there, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We won't try to do math. Yeah, let's not do that. (laughs) But okay, so very different from what it is now too. Yeah. So big difference from San Diego. Cal changed a lot. And then, then, yes, San Diego, because when I first came off the highway and drove down 200, I was like, I don't see any mountains. Like, there's no hills anywhere or anything. (laughs) I I can see the end of it. (laughs) And that was a shock because San Diego in general, or LA even, where I grew up, it's always mountains. You see the Pasadena Mountains in the background. Um, You have the ocean and then the city and the desert, and you can go skiing in the mountains. So it's it's a cool environment to live in. I feel like it's whatever you make of it, right? So Cala, I love Ocala because of the things that we have here that we don't have in San Diego. Like to get from point A to point B, I'm not in an hour and a half of traffic for just like two miles. Right. You know? Yeah. The the hectic lifestyle isn't as big of a thing here. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it was a good place to find myself as a business owner and build something was good for Ocala because it is very word of mouth here. Yeah, it is very much word of mouth here. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned that your mom and and yourself moved all over mm-hmm. kind of. So where else have you lived? Um, Australia. Okay. That was another big one. So when I was in high school, we both, well, I got to say my mom decided, but she said <laughs> we're going to Australia because um, we had family that moved from Switzerland to Australia. Okay. So we moved to Australia, and I was there for three years, finished high school there. Wow. What part of Australia? Queensland. Okay. So Queensland is a pretty big, we'll call it like a state. Mm -hmm. And then there's a lot of suburbs within it, but it's right. It's known as like a surfer's paradise. It's a big city where everybody goes to as like a a destination Mm -hmm. in Australia. But basically everything in Australia is on the coast. Okay. So uh, it was, again, like San Diego, it was beach life. Yeah. And then you can go in and you're in the middle of the forest, like in the middle of nowhere in like 20 minutes. You know? and, and trying to stay alive from all the things that will kill you, right? That's where I learned that there's a lot of things that will kill you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or could. Like yeah. leaves and uh, plants, <laughs> spiders, snakes. There's yeah. birds that will swoop down on you if you get too close. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was an experience for yeah. sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, so what did you, you were in high school when you were there? Yeah. Um, did you learn how to surf while you were there? Um, no, I have always bodyboarded. Okay. Yeah, so even in San Diego, I never had the urge to surf. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't really been in a, a big surf town, 
bodyboarding can be just as intense okay. as surfing because we're talking about like eight to ten foot waves out there. Yeah. You know? And when you're on the top of one of those, that's it's intense. That's crazy. You know, it seems <laughs> like it's twenty feet high, you know. Yeah. So the bodyboarding is where I stayed, kind of stayed in my lane there. And then when I went to Australia, it was the same thing. Mm-hmm. I, for some reason, never wanted to learn how to surf. No. No, but the, all my buddies surfed out there, of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So then how did you wind up back in California? I, um, all right, so the culture at the time when I moved to Australia was very, it really opened me up as a person. Mm-hmm. Because in San Diego, when I was in high school, it was a huge high school. There was, I think, 1,100 people in my uh my senior class. Okay. So it was like a college almost. And you have like your jocks and you have, you know, your different groups and you stay within those groups. Mm-hmm. And when I moved to Australia, there was nothing like that. Okay. In high school, it was literally the jocks played with people that were more academic, that people that don't focus on sports at all. Like everybody just hung out for who you were. Mm-hmm. And that opened me up a lot because then I could just be who I am. Yeah. And they did love the idea I was from America. <laughs> they, they thought because I lived in L.A. that I carried like a knife around with me everywhere <laughs> or a gun or something. You know? how, long, how long have you been living in, in L.A. before you guys moved to Australia? I grew up in L.A. So the first not eight years of my life were, was in L.A. Okay. And then, and then the rest of my life was between Switzerland and San Diego. Okay. But, you know, they're thinking music videos and uh-huh. movies and that's <laughs> America. Yeah. And this was just like close friends. It's not like that's what the whole population thinks. Right, but. right. So my buddies would ask me questions like that and uh, just told them, no, it's it's definitely not like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's where there was a big, there was a lot of social life. And maybe it was a time in my life where I was like 18 years old, where I just got more into going out and partying and having a good time. Mm-hmm. But I got stuck in that routine where for three years it was like working to go out and yeah. party, right? Yeah. And I got stuck in that. So I decided finally I just need to kick myself in the butt. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm just going to take what money I have, move back to San Diego on my own, and just try to figure out what it is I want to do. Yeah. And I kind of missed out because I went to high school in the States and Australia, so I never had the four years to get into a college. Okay. And at the time, that was really important to get those four years of high school to get a um, certain GPA so that I could get into college. And it's a completely different system in Australia. Okay. So for me, I knew that I would kind of need to figure out where I like figure out what I want to do for a living, mm-hmm. right? So in San Diego, it's pretty expensive out there. So it was just again survival. Yeah. And. Then my dad called about three years later, and that's when I moved to Australia. Or sorry, Australia. Ocala. <laughs> Ocala. <laughs> so that's okay. kind of the, how the journey went. And so since I've been in Ocala, this is the first time I've been anywhere for more than, it seems like, three years since I left to go to Australia the first time when I was, or Switzerland when I was eight years old. I never was anywhere for longer than three years. Okay. Did you find that difficult? Yeah, it's the di- there's a pros and cons, right? Mm-hmm. The great part is living in other countries. Yeah. The cons are you can't establish yourself. Yeah. You can't figure out a foundation and something comfortable. So I think it's kind of developed a self-defense mechanism in me. Okay. Where 
I have to internalize because when you do those huge moves, mm -hmm. if you don't internalize, it's you, nobody's going to care. You know, they don't understand what you're going through. Yeah. So um, it's it's made me culturally accept a lot, right? Mm -hmm. So I feel like it helps me work with people because whatever they have going on in their life, it doesn't shock me. Mm -hmm. It's more like, okay, so here's what we can do about it because I've always had to adapt. Yeah. So I think it's actually helped me to to mold into being a coach now and to help people coach through their health and their lives. Yeah. Because I I understand what people can go through. Yeah. But it is it is difficult. Yeah. It's um finding all new friends over and over again is uh was a tough one, I think. Yeah. Do you keep track of anybody that you were friends with? Back in the day? Yes. I got a best friend in San Diego. We still talk. In Switzerland, I have one friend. The biggest one is Australia. Yeah. Those guys were freaking awesome. So <laughs> they even flew out for my wedding when I had my wedding here. Aww. And there's three guys out there, and we just have a huge bond. So it's kind of like you see somebody after 10 years, and it's like we just saw each other. Oh, that's yeah. fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So definitely, I made some really good connections over those years. Yeah. Um, so when did you first start getting into the health field? That was about 15 years ago, as soon as I moved here. Okay. So as soon as I moved here, I started as a personal trainer mm -hmm. at Compass, when it was Compass back in the day. Okay. You know, and just kind of grew from there. When I separated myself from the gym, mm -hmm. I created my own with a partner of mine. And we got into CrossFit and just had our own gym. Okay. And then after that is when I decided to get more into the health and wellness. Mm -hmm. And that's where I had Dr. Thomas teach me his his system that he has from okay. Australia. He's been doing like 25 plus years over yeah. there. Now, you you said that he's kind of family. Did, so did you know him when you were over in Australia? I, yeah, I knew him, but not really what he did. Okay. Right. So my cousins, he grew my cousins grew up with him. Okay. So that's how I always knew him. My aunt and then him were always there whenever I went to go visit them. Okay. So I, I knew of him, but I didn't know what he did exactly. So when I reached out and realized that he has this more natural naturopathic method mm -hmm. to health and wellness, that's when I said, Hey, you know, can you teach me what you know? Yeah. And he was all for being my mentor. And then that's where I got into doing the different things that we have now in Reboot, for example. Yeah. It's just helping, assessing people and then helping them balance out. Yeah. So out. how long of a process was it for you to really open up your doors to your business before you felt like, hey, I can probably do this? The first year is where I figured it out. Um, I started in roughly like 400 square feet mm -hmm. and I had everything in that one room. Okay. And I was seeing it help people. And that's where I took the next big step and just invested into getting a place downtown, which had, you know, three rooms. Mm -hmm. And I could start creating the rooms. And then from there, it was just trying to, to network. And I was finding out that people were really looking for something different mm -hmm. than just going to their general practitioner. Yeah. And that's where I realized that even with the BNI, which is what I started with here in town, yeah, it 
grew my business. I did nothing else except BNI for the first few years, and I, I was able to grow my business with that. Yeah. And I think that's when I knew that this is something I have to continue to build. Yeah, because you started off, like, you say that you started in, in March 2022, but that's when Reboot was born, Correct. as it is now. But you kind of had a version of what you're doing, which is what you're talking about, building up to Reboot. Yeah, exactly. Prior. So that was for the last four years. Okay. So for four years, I was building up what was called dynamic health coaching. Okay. Trying to get to the point where I can add everything in mm -hmm. that I knew that Dr. Thomas was doing in Australia. Okay. And so that just took time to build up because I'm somebody who's also trying to dabble in this and that, right? Mm -hmm. it's, all, it's all health oriented, but there was some other opportunities I had with hair scanning. Okay. And the hair scanning is where it's, it's like a whole, whole business on its own because okay. I have clinics in Florida, California that have the hair scan as well. Okay. And so what I do is I do the overviews of the hair scans because I've been doing it for eight years now. So I have a really good in-depth take on how those scans work and what you can see in them. Mm -hmm. So that kind of, and then equine, we got into equine scans. Naturally. Yeah. In yeah. <laughs> right. This was the perfect place to do it. Yes. The company, it's a German company that has technology. They actually flew out from Germany to Ocala to beta test. Oh, wow. So we beta tested here in Ocala, and that's how they developed the equine side of the scan. Oh, cool. And so that kind of, of course, they never been to Ocala, so it was cool for them to see. I'm like, we got yeah. the perfect place here. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Horse capital of the U.S., Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> so that was about three years ago now. Again, it's balancing their body out. Mm -hmm. And we're just getting into canine, too. So it's the same thing, hair scan on the canine, balancing their body out. And so that's, it's been cool to see it translate into animals as well. Yeah. Because in the end, it's just about balancing our systems nutritionally, mm. you know. Well, that's really cool. So your wife is working with you. When did you meet your wife? Um, I met her 13 years ago. We've been married for 10 now. Okay. And it was at a gym. Oh, very cool. <laughs> well, hey, you know, at least she's very aligned with yeah, right? <laughs> what you like to do <laughs> <Exactly>. as well. <laughs> yeah, it was... Um, a girl at the gym that I would see like doing pull-ups and I was like, what the hell? I never seen girls do pull-ups like that without any assistance, <laughs> yeah. you know? So I was like, okay, there's something there. And then uh, it took a little while before we linked up, but then we started dating and um, it's been a wrap ever since. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> but we're both into the health industry and I think that really helped bring us together because we were both health-oriented. She yeah. more than me. So really? she really got me into eating better and focusing on more of the health side mm -hmm. of my eating because it wasn't there yeah. before I met her, for okay. sure. So you were more of the physical health versus the nutritional health totally. when you met her. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Definitely. So she's been there from the beginning, okay. you know, of seeing me start on my own mm -hmm. and then build this up and to the point where I could hire her full time to be a part of the business. So we're like a husband-wife combo with the business, yeah. which... I think it's cool to that have a small really business cool. that, you know, you can build together and see grow together. Absolutely. So it's it's been very cool to see that. Yeah. So what um, what was she doing before you were able to to bring her on? To steal her away? Yeah, to steal her away from wherever she was. <laughs> <laughs> so she was um, a 
manager slash kind of did the operations over at a company that they built homes and then sold homes. Okay. Before that, it was health insurance. So she's always been like a independent contractor. Okay. Right. So she yeah. she always kind of built her own income and always worked to to kind of grow her own business. Okay. And so that was another thing that we had in common is just that drive. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I think it's really important to have somebody that understands that yes. drive because it does take a lot of work. <laughs> yes, it and, does, as yeah. you know. But yeah. yeah, it's it's very rewarding as long as you're doing what you like, right? Yeah. If you're building something that you don't really enjoy, I feel like that's that makes it tough mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, you have to like what you do through the day. Absolutely. Otherwise, it's just more of a stress, you know. Agreed. Well, we are almost at the end of our time. All right. Or awesome. not. Wow, that was quick. <laughs> yeah, that was quick, wasn't it? <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. It was fun getting to know you more and and learning about your childhood. And <laughs> yeah, thank you. I appreciate for you and the listeners for actually listening to this. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And we'll make sure to have everything for Fabian's business linked in the description. And once again, everybody, I'm Lisa Anderson, your host of Locala Podcast. We were talking with Fabian Ronick, and we look forward to having you back on the podcast to listen to us once again, where we focus on connections through stories. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Locala podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please go ahead, like, share, and download. Your support is truly appreciated.